Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. You can find me online through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And there you're able to schedule sessions with me to work via phone, Skype, or FaceTime remotely, as well as in person at my Los Angeles or New Orleans-based offices. You're able to listen to archived episodes of this show there. There's a link to subscribe to this show via iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And if you like what you've been hearing, you can support my show, which I greatly appreciate in advance through my campaign with Patreon. It's a platform for other podcasters, artists, authors to get support from individuals on a monthly basis for as low as a dollar a month donation. And that link is on NOLA Therapy as well as at patreon.com forward slash Lisa Tahir. All one word. My guest today, who I'll be bringing on in a few moments, was on earlier this year in January, and we spoke about energy healing and Reiki. Juliana Davis is certified as a master teacher in six different Reiki systems. She's a certified crystal healer. She's a psychic reader, a medium, a sound healer, and she was voted the number one energy healer in Beverly Hills, California in 2015 by Thumbtack. I have known her personally for three years and got certified, attuned to Reiki under her. She conducts really wonderful full moon and new moon group meditations, and you can become certified in Reiki from her. You can learn about crystal healing. She offers classes on all of these topics. And she works extensively with the chakra system, the auric field, and her website, if you want to jump on now, if you have availability or later, to reach her is healingwithjewels.com. So welcome, Juliana. How are you? I'm great. How are you today, Lisa? I'm doing really well. I'm Looking forward to our conversation because I think that it's really important for things that are going on right now. Yeah, for sure. And this I know you, general, yeah, you had reached out to me to, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you first. I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, I was just saying this year, this year has been a very interesting year and I feel like a lot of people are going through a lot of things. So it's a good time to talk about healing through all of it. It is. And that's what you had reached out to me about for our listeners to know we were, I had suggested we talk about mediumship and you reached out suggesting that we discuss our own healing experiences and processes and how we've used non-traditional modalities of healing to overcome trauma and tragedy and really have been able to help our clients. Yeah. So where, where would you like to start? 
Well, I just think it's an important subject because I like to let all of my clients know that I'm also on my own healing journey. I haven't perfected life by any means yet, you know, and I think it's important to understand that every healer is also going through their own stuff, their own lives, their own healing, their own tragedies simultaneously as we're trying to help others. Um, some people try to wait to become a healer until they're healed, quote unquote, and I feel that's, you know, as long as we're in a physical body, there's more healing and work to be done. So I don't know that that date of completely healed is ever going to be. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think that there's always work and growth that can happen. So how do you, how do you share that? How do you let your clients know that? Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, I think that I'm sure you've had this in your own practice where a lot of times people choose to come to you out of no coincidence because they have something going on in their lives or have been through something that mirrors something that you've been through or can relate to in your own life. And I just, you know, can see certain things in people that maybe other people might not have a knowing or understanding of because I've been through those things as well. So if there's a specific situation that I can relate to, I will just share with them briefly that I've had my own experience with that situation or that I have a personal understanding of what they're going through. Sometimes in more detail if it's needed, sometimes not. But um, I like to share that with my students as well to say, you know, you can be a teacher one day too, sooner than later. We need more of us out there. So don't wait until you feel like everything is perfect in your life. Because I don't know if that ever, you know, everything is perfect, even when we're going through the worst stuff in our lives. There's still um, great learning, healing, teaching that we can do. You know, I, I really like and appreciate what you're saying especially when you said earlier and just now about some practitioners having the idea that once they are healed, in air quotes, once they've resolved their issues, then they'll get out there and practice. And and the reality is that we are in this human body, like you said, and we are challenged daily because of it, emotionally, physically, energetically. Um, and I think every day is, is our journey to evolve up to look within and bring that to our healing practice. And so I would encourage, I I feel like I can say along with you that if there's a listener who's studying the healing arts, there's get out there and educate yourself and involve yourself in your own practice of healing so that we are, we are wounded healers. And, and you know, a bit, I'm writing a book about that right now, the Chiron effect, a practice, a practitioner's guide to healing the wounded healer. And and it's about identifying our core wounding based on the astrological positioning of Chiron in our chart and how that identifies 12 areas of core wounding that I go through a lot of psychological, spiritual um, underpinnings and and non-traditional modalities to heal that so that we can be out here and help people. Right. Right. And I think sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, sometimes we we get so lost in the moment of our tragedy or our state of depression or anxiety or whatever it is that we're going through that we don't look back and see like, wow, I made it through all of those things, you know, or it's okay because 
few days, I'm going to be out of this mess. I mean, we feel so helpless and hopeless sometimes. I know I've been in that state of mind. I know I work with people all the time that, you know, can be in that state of mind. And sometimes I say, you know, look at what you've been through and how far you've come. You know, treat yourself as somebody who's strong because we tend to focus on our weaknesses instead of how much we've survived through, you know? Yeah. And like... Be patient and gentle with yourself. You don't have to be perfect every day, you know, and I, I say perfect in a way of like, you know, it's a joke to, to me because what is perfect? But I just think we put so much pressure on ourselves to have this happy face out in the world. We forget to, you know, feel the feeling. And that's one thing that I like to work on with people is, you know, we store these things away in our physical bodies, which I know we're going to be talking about, and we compartmentalize these things so that we can survive through our lives. And it's, it's, a, it's a function of survival to tuck these things away. And what I like to do is work with people in a way that can be very uncomfortable because drudging those things that we've neatly tucked away um, up to the surface can be painful to remember the things that we've been through. But like I said, when you look back and say like, wow, I've been through all of that and I'm still here. It didn't yeah. flatten me, yeah. you know? Um, so that's, you know, stuff I really like to focus on with people is, is getting those things up to the surface and helping dig up these dark corners of pain uh, trauma, tragedy, abuse, you know, all of those things and saying, look, look what you've been through and it's okay to acknowledge that it's there and it's okay to feel that pain and now you can let it go and you don't have to be holding that pain anymore in your body. Yes. And pardon the echo. I noticed there's a slight echo that might make it sound like I'm saying something when, when I might not be. So okay. I, I like yeah, I like what you're saying. And and so just, I, I've worked with you, so I know coming in, um, I had more of a specific, say, topic I wanted to work around. But for our listeners, how do you address when someone calls you or comes in for a session? How do you best determine what might be helpful for them? So over the years, I feel like my system has evolved just from experience and through new understandings and things that I've been through. So most Recently, um, you know, my uh, I have the benefit of having a, a developed psychic awareness. So sometimes I use that if I need to help guide people through the process a little bit more. Um, and basically, I'll have a sit down with people and talk to them for a few minutes before we start our healing session. And kind of tune in and see where they're at, listen to what they're telling me that they want to work on and see if I'm getting any psychic feedback of something that may be a little bit deeper of an issue. Because sometimes they think that what's going on in their present life is the thing that's harming, you know, their energy the most or their physical bodies. But a lot of times it's connected to something that's been with them for a long time. So sometimes there's just, you know, bringing an awareness to them and that's where my psychic intuitive abilities can be helpful because I can tap into them a little bit more deeply mm -hmm. and say um, you know I, I feel like this pattern is coming up with you or would you understand you know sometimes people don't want to say something bad about a situation or they'll lay on my table and they'll say well 
Um, I did have a very tough growing up. My dad used to be very angry and yell at me and whatever abuse was going on in the household. But now we have a great relationship. And so I'll tell them, yeah, I'm really glad that your relationship has evolved. And I also know that this doesn't take away the pain that you went through as a child. So let's address it. It's nothing against your father now. We're not going to bash your father or your mother or whoever it is. I'm just using that right. as an example. Yes. Um, so let's just acknowledge that pain that exists there so that we can work on letting go of it, you know. And sometimes that's hard for people because they don't want to say something bad about a loved one or they want to put on a happy face. They'll come in and say, oh, everything is okay in my life. And then I'll tune into them and I'm like, mm, <laughs> maybe there's some things that we could work on. And that's why you're having chronic severe pain or, you know, something else is going on in their life. You know, so I tune in to help bring some awareness to the surface and, you know, I, I get a lot of tears, but that's such a good thing because it I is. want people to open up and be vulnerable and I'm honored when they can be that emotionally vulnerable to me and when they thank me afterwards and say, wow, I didn't even know that that was affecting me so much, you know, and so helping to bring this awareness, I think, is something that I've been working on fine-tuning a lot with people, especially this year, um, to really get to the root of the issue so that they can let go of it. And I like to be honest with people, it's not always a comfortable process to dig this stuff up. Like I said before, right. you know, it can be physically uncomfortable, emotionally uncomfortable. And I know because I've been through those things myself through my own healing process, like, it's not the easiest um, hill to climb to to actually admit that that stuff is there and want to work on healing it and letting it go. But when people are really like, yeah, I'm ready, I just, it gives me so much hope <laughs> for the community, really, that so many people are willing to go there and dig deep and want to do the work and learn about it and help other people and all of that stuff. Yes. And what you're saying, I think, is really true as far as in my practice and just in life is that we experience traumatic things, some of us in our childhoods, and we live through it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that's over. I survived. I'm working. I'm in a relationship. Life is good. You know, I'm traveling, et cetera. People are in their lives and, and they just want to forget that that stuff happened and believe that there's no effect upon them, upon us as adults. And, and that typically works for a while. And then trauma has its own narrative and its own language and its own energy. And typically an individual starts experience, is experiencing some emotional disruption privately, a disruption, a theme and a relationship that keeps coming up time after time. And eventually in the work of Judith Herman, e even her book, Trauma and Recovery, how trauma was a disconnection in relationship. It was a fracture in one sense of safety with a trusted loved one, loved one typically, and in the world, in the universe at large. And, and you can only live repressing and denying that for so long. And if you keep denying it, it will manifest in sometimes physical issues, emotional issues, and it starts disrupting an individual's lives. So clients come to us often, I find, in, in a state of disruption, 
because when an individual is happy, they're typically not seeking out treatment. Has that been has that been your experience as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, people forget that we still need to take care of ourselves even when we're feeling good. I tell people it's like a, you know, think of Reiki or getting a healing session as like um, a haircut. You should get it every, you know, so often just as maintenance to groom your energy field. And it shouldn't be just when you're in a catastrophic state of stress or imbalance that you um, that you come in because I, I mean really Reiki was thought to be a preventative initially I mean it can treat acute issues but the whole vision of Mikao Sui for example was that it would be a preventative therapy so that if people's energy fields were clean they wouldn't have as many opportunities to manifest physical and emotional mental spiritual imbalances because they were constantly clearing these disease lines and imbalances in the energy field mm-hmm. so yeah so a lot of people forget to come in uh when they're feeling good and i try to mention that to my clients as well like don't just come in when you're in crisis come in <laughs> and let's keep you out of crisis or even you know it's you can't prevent life from happening. There's going to be challenges that come in our way because that's how we learn and grow, whether it's a physical challenge, a mental challenge, an emotional challenge, a spiritual challenge. Those are going to take place, but we learn to deal with them in different ways and we can manage them so much better when our energy is in a healthier state of being. Yes. And and maintaining that, like I hear you saying, it makes it, I think, um, easier, more more pleasant. And I work with my clients to develop their self care abilities, mm-hmm. and right. especially late meditation, guided meditations, something that they can do every day without coming in for a session that doesn't necessarily take a lot of time, but has such huge benefits energetically, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So in your work as well, I know you advise people to to do that also, to be plugged in to things that support and nourish them. Right. Yeah, because healing is a collaborative process. I mean, I'm happy to be a guide and a facilitator of someone's healing, but ultimately when they leave my office, it's up to them how they go through their day-to-day life. So I try to give them affirmations or tips and pointers of how to deal with anything that may come up for them, but they have to implement them, put them into practice, actually use them, and they'll see the most shifts if they do that. If somebody just comes in and says, heal me, and they don't want to do any work, well, I can only take them so far on that path, and then they're going to find that they're not... um, moving any farther because they haven't gone forward to do some of their own work. So I think I'm sure you probably agree, you know, when you're working with people, it's a collaborative process. I try to also be very clear about that. Yes. With people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, I think meditation is really important. There's visualization techniques, affirmations. I mean, words are so so powerful. It's incredible just listening to the language that we use every day. 
And the negative language that we use, I'm trying to be so mindful of the way that I'm speaking because when I say, oh, that'll never happen or I'll never be able to do this or I put challenges into my sentences, I fulfill, the, <laughs> I fulfill that destiny because I'm putting that challenge there in front of me, you know? And yes. when I change my language and say I'm going to be able to do this or I am doing this, it's amazing how much that shift can happen. So I've been kind of working on a technique with people of really acknowledging emotions or physical issues and saying, I release this depression from my body or I release this anxiety from my body and continuing to say that until you feel a shift. And sometimes it takes time to feel that shift. Sometimes we don't believe it. And that's part of the um, healing sessions that I do with people is having them say these affirmations, which sometimes I think can feel a little bit like work to them or a little tedious, yeah. but it's amazing how powerful it can be to really help them be collaborating with me on their own healing process and also to just put the words into their vibration to set them on the right course. And the more you say those affirmations, just like, you know, we were talking about Louise Hay privately, but, you know, the more you put those affirmations into practice, the more you start to believe them, the more they integrate into your energy, the more you see positive benefits from them. So I like to give those affirmations to people as a way that they can continue the healing process without me and actually use these words to help move energy. Yes, and I'm going to to uh, add to what you're saying that the affirmation work is so important in, in what you're doing with your clients and, and helping them develop the statements because it can, a lot of people tell me it feels weird at first, like I have four of them taped on my computer right now, affirmations. One, I live in the paradise of my own creation. Two, there is no problem so big or so small that it cannot be solved with love. And for as long as I've been doing affirmation work personally, which has been about 20 years, I had a recent realization that we must give ourselves permission to receive the affirmation, that I had to give myself permission to accept the love that I've been working to create. I needed to say, I give you full permission, Lisa, to step into this new place in your life that you've been working on and creating. I allow you to. I permit it. And because I think that's, we can say things to ourselves to allow the acceptance of it, I think is another dimension of experience. Yeah. And I'm curious what yeah. you think about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree. I think one of the most powerful um, affirmations that I've been working with myself for the last couple of years, and I give it to a lot of my clients, is I love and accept myself. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the hardest things for most people to say. They either can't say it, they say it and they don't believe it, they say it and it's uncomfortable. And it's amazing how hard it is for most of us, myself included. It's, again, something that I've, I started working on with myself. I love and accept myself. And I started saying it, and I was just saying it and saying it. And then one day I looked in the mirror and I said, I love and accept myself. And I just saw myself differently, you know. Yes. And 
So I do think that there's definitely something to giving yourself permission to accept all of the love and whatever it is that you're calling in to manifest into your life. I, I for sure think that that's a big part of it. And I also know that sometimes that can be a challenge for people. So just keep saying it, you know, because you never know that the words, again, will, will shift the energy. And so you start to embody it, whatever it is that we say, and, and that can go with anything in life. If you keep saying that you're fat or skinny or uh, ugly or depressed or I am, you know, we own all of these words. I am, um, uh, I have chronic pain. I have whatever. We keep that energy of that statement within our body and we fulfill it. So it can be used for positive or negative things. Um, that's something that I like to work with a lot. You know, I listen to people the way that they talk to me and how they um, are coming into my office and what they're telling me about their lives. And I can tell where they need work just from the way that they're phrasing what's going on with them. That doesn't mean that they, you know, it's bad if they have something, you know, tough going on in their life. It's more if they're using negative statements to describe their life. And then I know we have some work to do on that. If they say, oh, I'm never going to fall in love or I'm uh, never going to meet my, yeah. you know, <laughs> then they're holding that vibration of that energy. I'm never going to meet my husband. I'm never going to get the job that I want. You know, then it's like, okay, well, we're definitely going to work on that. Um, those words and start restructuring the statements that you make so that you invite those things into your life instead of disallowing them just based on our words. In Reiki, we talk about, you know, the auric field and how we store so many things out in our auric field. That's a primary place where there's cleansing done and also a prime because there's a lot of imbalances that can take place there. And a lot of it has to do with just negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are one of the most poisonous things, regardless of whatever trauma, tragedy, everything that you've been through in your life. If you have negative thoughts, those things are harming you just as much as anything that you've been through. They're equally as toxic. And, you know, I think we try to disregard um, or discount negative emotions and throw them away and stuff them down. Oh, I've got to be a positive PMA, positive mental attitude every day, mm. which is great to have that. But it's okay to be angry sometimes. It's okay to be depressed or anxious sometimes because those things teach us that there's something going on inside of us that needs healing. They're teachers, those negative emotions. So I hope I'm being clear in the fact that it's not about, um, you know, bad to have a negative emotion or a negative experience because they're teachers. It's more about how we talk to ourselves and how we talk to other people and how those words can have such a strong effect on whether or not our lives are going in a positive direction. What I hear you saying is that our thoughts are truly a diagnostic tool to show us where mm -hmm. we are. When you gave the example of if a client saying, I'll, I'll never get this job, I'll never fall in love, that allows you to see where they're belief system is out of balance with who they really right. are being part of universal source. And so then you can partner with them. I've been telling my clients, I partner with you in creating these things that you want, Eat the shifting of beliefs from feeling depressed because I feel like I'm not good enough. I partner with you to know that you are good enough 
in all the ways that you are and however long it takes, whatever it takes that I give you permission to accept yourself. And and so I find it to be really powerful to partner with the people we work with, to partner with ourselves. I had to partner with myself to learn Mm -hmm. my value and worth in order to heal some things that, that have come up for me in this last year. And so I think it's really powerful to notice our language to ourselves, which is what you're doing in your work, I'm doing in my work, and, and many are doing in their work. And I'd love to say yeah. something about Louise Hay, if, if I can just take a couple minutes, because I know I told you this privately, and I did uh, a Facebook post about our show that when Louise Hay passed away, I've studied her work as have millions of people e- extensively, and I am so grateful for her and what she has contributed to the body of knowledge for health and well-being. And she, she passed away last week, as many people know. And um, I went to sleep and I was woken up at, at quarter to five and I love to sleep. So it was very weird to be woken up. And I felt Louise in spirit give me a message that I actually text out. And, and she's coming to millions of people. It's not just me. We all have psychic abilities. We all have intuitive abilities. But I'd like to just read it. Um, I writ, I text it. I got up like out of bed, started texting the message that was coming to me. And I just kind of printed it out. Do you mind if I do that, Jules, for a moment? Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sure it's beneficial for everybody. And and that's my intention in sharing it because it really relates to the, the natural disasters that are going on with the hurricanes and the fire and President Trump's move to end DACA and the threats upon our country by North Korea. And when these collective events are happening to us, it activates our own personal losses and uncertainties and fears. And so just Mm -hmm. the message that came through says, natural disasters and threats to our freedom allow us to see beyond our differences to help. It aids in putting aside the philosophical, religious, political differences that that divided us previously. It reminds us that we are all the same. Devastation is the equalizer of difference with an underlying message of love. Tragedies unite the world and make the way for years of love and support to flow towards those areas affected. We can all offer something to contribute continually that heals and promotes repair in our relationships. Darkness often comes as the criticisms of ourselves and others through our minds. The intention is to confuse and divide us with truly petty concerns of jealousy, judgments, comparing ourselves, And the encouragement was to seek daily, to look beyond and be in vibration with the energy and spirit of love, which is patient, it's kind, and seeks to understand. Affirming oneself actually affirms others spiritually, since we are all one body, mind, and spirit, connected by our need to love and be loved. And she loved seeing people collaborating and being in service to each other and with each other. And she's just reminding us all to rise and shine and be who we are in our best selves. I mean, that's beautiful. Thank you. I thought it was, it's, it's all that Louise Hay embodied in, in her work mm-hmm. and that as healing practitioners that we are doing, I think, by healing ourselves, which is where this conversation started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, I had a lot of clients coming to me last year 
before the election, being very affected um, by it um, before and during and after the election, being very affected by it. And it was also bringing up some stuff for me that I've been working on healing, you know. And I think sometimes we look at it, and I'm not going to say that there's not a lot of (laughs) horrifying things going on, especially, well, all over the world right now, but in this country there's a lot of things that I I don't uh, believe are for the best of humanity. But at the end of the day, I feel like all of these things are really waking people up. And so through every tragedy in my own life experience, there's been some silver lining. And I feel like it's, you know, as much as it's separating people, it's uniting people, if that makes sense. And so there's an interesting thing happening because, you know, there's so much conflict all the time. And I know I get sometimes caught up in trying to defend something with somebody that might not hear what I have to say um, because I'm so impassioned about what I believe in. But at the end of the day, it's really compassion and understanding that's going to help heal the situation of what's going on here. Um, because yes. the more fired up and angry we get at each other, the less harmony and healing that's going to take place. And we don't know, you know, what somebody who's having an opposing belief system, what they've been through that's made them feel the way that they feel. And it can be a challenge to try to see something from the other side. I'm not saying that that's an easy thing always um, right. to understand, but uh, trying to understand why, you know, even people that commit terrible, horrific crimes, like what happened to that person that got them to that place, you know, right. and having some kind of compassion, even for people that are doing pretty terrible things. And trying to understand uh, that at some level, we're all capable of doing bad things. Some of us just act on them and some of us don't. And, you know, a lot of times we try to excuse it based on how we've grown up or what kind of trauma we've been through in our lives. And I think that everybody has the ability to transform. I know you've had, you know, a difficult childhood. I had a very difficult household that I was raised in. And for nearly 38 years old, I mean, the amount of stuff that I've been through in my life is like five lifetimes for most people. But that gives me this overwhelming amount of compassion because I know what it's like to lose your mother at a young age, um, to lose a pet. (laughs) You know, that was a Mm -hmm. recent experience for me that was really tough to uh, experience sexual trauma, to have an abusive household, to, you know, just there's so many different things that I've been through and it, it motivates me to want to heal and grow. And I, I have tough days. I have days where I feel overwhelmed, where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, can I just have a catch a break, you know? <laughs> but I still keep trudging along and working through all of it. And so through this year, that's been I've had a really personally difficult, uh, emotional year. There's mm-hmm. also been these wonderful ascending things that have happened, you know, through the work that I do, and it makes it all worthwhile. And it's been kind of an amazing lesson for me to see, can I go on 
working with people? Can I still connect with spirit, connect with, you know, somebody psychically in spite of feeling depressed or feeling grief, loss? I mean, I lost my dog in a tragic way. Then I lost my grandmother. Then I found out my other dog has cancer. Yes. And like, you know, a very short amount of time. And that's just one year in the life of Jules. <laughs> yeah. But, um, at the same time, I've been working really hard on myself and, you know, digging way, way, way back into like, you know, one of my healing sessions. I went back to age three years old of a traumatic situation that happened at that age. And I'm still doing the work, even though it's like not always, you know, an easy time to go and touch on those subjects because the more work I do, the better I can be for the people that I work with. And I can also say, Hey, I've been through all of this stuff and I know you can still land on your feet and you can still make a positive difference in the world around you. Um, so I, I feel really, like teaching other people. Yeah. No, you fin- I, I, please finish. And then I've, I'll say what I was going to say. Yeah, no, just teaching other people that you can still get through it and that even if you're going through terrible times, you know, you can still be this conduit of healing energy going back to what I said at the very beginning where people think they need to be healed before they can be a healer. Um, Please don't wait because the more people, you know, I teach my Reiki students like, please go be a Reiki practitioner. We need more of us out there. The more people that are doing this work, the better our world is going to be. And I so love it when I have really young clients. Um, I mean, I've Mm -hmm. treated babies, but I've treated seven-year-olds, 16-year-olds. I've taught 21-year-old Reiki, 23-year-olds, even as high as 84 years old, one of my Reiki students was. And I think it's amazing because, you know, Five years ago, most people didn't know what a chakra was. And now people know what chakras are and they're really interested in crystals. And it's so cool to see how things are evolving. So when I look at the world, despite all of the tragedy that's going on worldwide right now, um, I just feel hopeful, which I think is sometimes difficult for people to understand. But I feel hopeful because I know spiritually we're moving in the right direction even in spite of these challenges that are happening right now that's beautiful the way you've been able to teach young people and the elderly reiki and i appreciate what you shared about your own story and your own journey of 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 experiencing trauma and working in your own personal healing as painful and as hard as it is and, and being able to, to say that out loud and offer it. So thank you for being so transparent. You're welcome. <laughs> I think it's important because I think it's important for people to understand, um, you know, like I said at the beginning, like I'm still going through stuff too, just because I'm teaching people how to be healers doesn't mean that I'm not still working on my own healing. And, um, and so I just love, you know, it's something that I'm so passionate about. And I came into this business through a tragedy um, after my car accident in 2010. So it's been, it was seven years, just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in just a complete state of 
physical and emotional upheaval. Um, my whole world was turned upside down. And I had already been through significant, you know, traumas and tragedies before that. But this one was unique because I didn't have the physical capacity that I was used to. And I couldn't just power through it. I couldn't right. just, uh, you know, overcome it and get over it, you know, or tuck it away neatly somewhere. It was in my face. I couldn't hardly walk. And I was in so much pain, which really leads to this deep um, emotional despair. So I understand yeah. what it's like to have severe chronic pain and what that does to somebody on an emotional level. Yes, And then couple that with the PTSD that I got. And I had suffered from depression and anxiety before it, but this was different. PTSD mm -hmm. feels very different from just general depression. So I was like, what is going on with me? <laughs> right. And I had to find a way to get past those things and go through this really dark period and say, you know what? I need to do something else to help myself get better and through that healing process of, you know, I, I've tried so many different modalities. Some of them were great. Some of them maybe didn't help me that much or didn't help me at the time. Maybe they would now. Um, but energy healing was a significant part, releasing the emotions connected with that, releasing yes. that was a significant part of healing pain. I'm talking severe chronic sciatica release through forgiveness meditations and Reiki and <laughs> stuff like that. So I know, you know, I know how much this stuff works because it's worked on me and I'm my own guinea pig with everything. I try everything first yes. and see if it works. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. Because you yeah, know so. from, from walking the road yourself. Right. And it's been such a, it's, been such a blessing for me because I've been a medium since I was a little girl. I was scared to yeah. sleep at night. I would see spirits and I didn't know, <laughs> you know, I would have dreams about people and call them and say, oh, I, you know, I, I saw you in a car accident. Are you okay? And they'd be like, how did you know I got in a car accident? Um, or I'd freak guys out that I was dating and be like, so who's Kristen or whatever. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and I, I just didn't have like a channel to put all of my, I've always been a mama bear, like amongst my friends. I'm like the nurturing Jewish mother. <laughs> that <just laughs> everybody. So, yeah. so I've been able to like put all of those attributes that I had naturally into something positive and had that, um, you know, experience of that car accident not happen to me, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So that's like, you know, just reflecting on one of the things that I've been through in my life and the silver lining that come from it. This is how I got here is through one of the darkest periods in my life. It inspired me to become a healer and help other people on their healing paths because I understand for one, the work that it takes and also how challenging it can be and how much you need somebody who's compassionate and understanding to to really hold your hand through that experience. Yes, it's powerful. It's powerful what what you're saying. And similarly, I've I've um gosh, I have several thoughts at once. Just the experience of being able to use the things that have happened to us, through us, for us, and assist others. 
helps me keep going. There have been moments in my life that have been very dark or I haven't wanted to be here. And because I work with other people, it's like, no, come on, Lisa, like the encourager comes out, like you can get through this, like, let's look at it from a different way. And, and I think it's not by accident that people that are in the healing arts typically have experienced some really challenging things in their lives, especially in their upbringing. And Mm -hmm. that's what led me to write the book that I'm writing for practitioners to heal their core wounds. For almost the past year, I've been delving deeply into core wounding in 12 aspects, things like core wounding and one sense of value core wounding by neglect, core wounding and empathetic attunement, and by abandonment, and in creativity, in physical health, in meaning and belief, in connection and community, in self-care and spirituality. So all these really big um, things that people struggle with depending on what they've experienced. And I had no idea it would plunge me into this huge, deep, um, spiritual place that's been, like I had said to you privately, really quiet, really feeling uh, separated from others, from people, yet Mm -hmm. very close to spirit. And the insights that are going to be in this book are really, I believe, to be powerfully healing for people. And, And I also want practitioners, healing practitioners that are psychics, mediums, astrologers to be more recognized in the medical Mm -hmm. community so that one day even testimony can be used to help a person in court or a military person going through PTSD. And and as a licensed clinical social worker, I've been able to do work in those places. And, And I believe there's room for other healing practitioners that haven't because of their their healing modalities being perceived as outside of the norm or non-traditional, not deemed not as, as credible. And so I hope mm-hmm. too with this book, since I am a licensed professional of 20 years, that, that I can help other healing professionals of different modalities that have practiced way longer than me in the energy healing arts to really be seen and heard and respected and, and the work taken into the areas of, of court and, and things that we really need. Mm-hmm. them to be I'm curious what you think yeah. about that yeah I agree I think you know coming from a licensed professional definitely gives you more credibility even though people who would know you <laughs> would understand that you have credibility regardless but we tend to right. in the society you know respect credentials of course um, as well and I, I think that's so wonderful the work that you're doing and how you're trying to help people through all of that because as you've probably understood over through the years in your practice that while cognitive therapy is beneficial, there's more to therapy than just talking about things, you know, there's more um, to most modalities, you know, like I use a combination of modalities in my practice and I just believe that they don't have to be separate. We don't have to be separate from Western medicine. They can be complementing each other. And so it's okay if you have a scientific mind. I mean, there are some things that we can prove with a scientific, you know, scientific research, although science is always changing and evolving. Um, But there's some things that we can't, you know, always prove, but know that it works. And I think, you know, one of the things, there's there's a lot of skeptical people out there, which is fair enough. I think once they try the experience, they can't deny 
Um, for example, with energy healing, they can't deny that something is happening, whether it's just that they feel relaxed or they feel heat from the Reiki or whatever it is, they can feel energy in some way changing in their physical bodies as they lay yes. on the table to receive. And so I think the more we get this work out there and not as it being something woo-woo separate from the rest of the world, but actually something that can exist in everybody's day-to-day -day lives, just as meditation is really gained ground to be co more common and acceptable. I think, uh, you know, energy healing is definitely heading in that direction. And again, it doesn't have to be separate from conventional treatment, um, because I, I know that there are some that are beneficial as well. Um, it just can complement it and maybe take somebody to depth where they might not be able to go with those conventional therapies or treatments. And I so agree. For me, it's really, like I said before, getting to the root of it and helping people to go a little bit deeper than they normally would, whether that's even just coming for a meditation class, I try to make them as healing as possible um, because we can do meditation on our own. So I want to help them to facilitate some type of healing by coming uh, to experience a meditation with me. And of course, in private sessions, we can go a little bit deeper. And the reason why I started incorporating mediumship into my list of modalities for healing, because I do believe very much that it's a healing modality, is because, you know, a lot of people don't understand that when somebody goes to spirit, they haven't left us. They're still around us. They just don't happen to be in a physical body anymore. But we can still communicate with them. They love to help us from the other side. They love it if you put your thoughts out to them and talk to them and invite them along for your day or something of that nature. They still want to be included. And that's where a medium comes into play because the medium can actually um, facilitate the connection that may be a person that doesn't have that connection with spirit. Uh, and help them to hear from their loved ones, which is so powerful and healing as well. Yes. You know, we're at the end of our time, but I'd love to plan another time for you to come back <laughs> on and, and speak more about that because it is so in, important, the, yeah. the mediumship piece that you bring and that spirit, when someone passes away, they are still with us just in a different form and, and perceivable through different senses than prior to their living in a human body. Yeah, because that grief can be so overwhelming for people. And so it's important for them to know that their loved one hasn't really left, you know, completely. They're still around. Yes. So, Anyways, Jules, I... No, finish, finish <laughs> what you were about to say. My, I'm sorry. I was going to say it's been a pleasure. I feel like we have so much more to talk about, but <laughs> another day. We, we do. And I just want to say how much I appreciate knowing you, how much I have grown through our collaboration, and I'm just so grateful to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. The pleasure is mine. You're welcome. And for our listeners, <laughs> I have been with Juliana Davis of Oralux in Los Angeles, and her website to find out about services and schedule sessions is healingwithjules.com, J-U-L-E-S. I hope you have a great day, Juliana. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.
That concludes our show for today. Please join me next week at the same time. And I wish everyone a wonderful and safe week. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.